Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hey guys, you ever wonder what Phil and I wear while we podcast? You can find out if you join our Patreon. We'll also be talking about the films of 1989, but that's definitely less important than seeing our Zoom backgrounds, our headphone choices, and our sweatshirts. It's true. It's true. You'll get to see all the various pieces of artwork that I have framed on my office wall, and you can see Kenny's garden, sort of. So that's something. That's exciting. It's a hanging garden. It's a hanging garden. Uh, But perhaps more important than anything, uh, we are doing this Patreon to cover the best films of 1989. Uh, Batman, When Harry Met Sally, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, Ghostbusters 2 with amazing guests like Tom Meissen, Liz Hanna, Joanna Robinson, Brian Cogman, Chuck Hayward. You can sign up at patreon.com backslash podcast like it's 1989. And for $5, you'll get access to all the audio of these fantastic episodes. For a few bucks more, you'll get video as well of our 99 and 89 episodes. And perhaps, most importantly, you'll be supporting us uh, so we can just keep making podcast content for you guys. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 floating in the ocean here in 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phil Iskov. And with us today is the creator and showrunner of Hacks, uh, writer of many other shows that you love. Uh, she won an Emmy so that I would have mentioned it, but come on. <laughs> oh, you lied, uh, you lied to me. Immediately, immediately <laughs> lost your trust. Jen Statsky, how cool are we for getting her? Hi. Uh, Hi, Jen. Thank you for me. doing this. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. We, um, 
I, so I, I reached out to you. We were trying to set this up and I yeah. gave you the whole list of, of movies and what have you. And uh, we, did, we, we landed on Message in a Bottle, which oh. we're very excited to talk about. The Nicholas, <laughs> the Nicholas Sparks adaptation. Um, before we get to Message in a Bottle, though, I do want to ask, um, where were you in 1999? Oh, great question. So 1999, I was 14 years old. So I guess where are you in when you're 14? You're what in eighth junior grade, high, ninth grade? Yeah, Maybe yeah. you're either in eighth grade or ninth grade, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm old for my grade. Oh, I'll Brian. put it out there. <laughs> I'm old. Uh, so, so I bet I was in ninth grade. I bet I was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, and I didn't catch this movie. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> Where uh, where were you in America? Where were you? I was you um, I was outside of Boston in a suburb called Milton, Milton, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, yeah. Where so were you? Were you I, well, I'm from Toronto originally. Okay, um, and Kenny, I'm from New York. Cool. <laughs> yes, south um, of Boston. Were you? <laughs> watching a fair amount of movies and television in 99 or were you, I mean, you're 14. So, I mean, there's obviously. Well, yeah, I, I was because for me growing up, like um, Nick at night was like huge. Like I was such a huge, like Mary Tyler Moore show, like uh, Dick Van Dyke show, uh, like get smart, all these like old, old sitcoms, which is like, what kind of got me wanting to write for television. Um, So I was watching, I was watching an incredible amount of television. I was watching fewer movies. I think Mm -hmm. I wasn't as much of a movie person. I still am not. I still, you know, watch way more TV than movies. So yeah, not a huge movie person. I mean, I like went to the movies with my friends. I was like a very 14 year old activity to, get dropped off sure. by your parents at the movies or sure. whatever. Um, but yeah. There was also, I mean, 99 was a big teen movie year. We've talked a fair amount about them and covered a lot of them, but you know, she's all that cruel intentions. Oh American yeah. Cruel Pie. Intentions was huge in my grade yeah. because it was so like, you know, there's it like was a cool, you had a cool grade then. Yeah. We had a cool grade and it was like, you know, two, two girls kiss and it's like, so mm-hmm. about like right. sex and right. stuff. And so that was like, that was major for us <laughs> in 1999. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I mean, we've we've covered almost all of them now, but like the spectrum from like Varsity Blues to Election in '99 is pretty mm-hmm. amazing in terms of the various sort of things that were covered. Like nine out of ten of the teen movies that anyone likes or talks about. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, nineteen like you even just saying those two movies, I'm like, oh, 1999 was a great year for movies. It was. It was. Yeah. 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 Well, it, I mean, that's that's why we have you on to talk about one of the best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and, we, and leading the pack. <laughs> leading, yeah. We've kind of been saving this weirdly yeah. because yeah. I'm because uh, Kevin Costner is my favorite movie star. Okay, uh, uh, and one of my favorite people. Um, right. And Do you know, uh, Do you know and, him, or you just Kevin? No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, but my, uh, you know, he's like he's like my second father uh, in a lot of ways. But uh, I've never seen this film before. This. Have I. I haven't seen all of my my dad's work yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, but now I have. And and Jen, I, I have to ask uh, why. 
Why did I? Why? Yeah. Okay, wh- why did what I happened? pick this? Or why That's did right. I make it? Or why? No, no, no. We can talk I about mean, that we later. Can, we, we I'm just, super just, interested yeah. because you know, like I know your uh, your career to some extent. Yeah. Um. I we have mutual friends. Uh. I'll just drop it right now. Yeah, Doug Mand so, and uh, Doug uh, Mand and Nicole Shabtai. I've known Doug forever. Oh, and I, Nicole are two of my favorite people on the planet. Great people. I I knew I knew, knew Doug in in college. Well, we didn't go to college together. We had mutual friends, and he would come down all the time. Um. Cool. So I've you know I've always kind of you know known that you were a person to watch. And uh, you've always written on very cool shows, and you currently write on a very cool show, and you uh, you picked a very uncool movie. So, uh, <laughs> well, what what's going on? What's going I mean, on? There, hey, that's a great question. So, I have like a little bit of a, like a psychological problem, <laughs> which is that which is that like I I watch things I love for sure. I watch things mm-hmm. I love, but I also love watching things that I think are bad. Like sure. so bad that they're like funny. And mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, all due respect to the people who made message in a bottle. Don't know. Actually, I looked it up and the writer is like 80 years old. Yeah, so I I don't know that they'll be watching this, which is good maybe. Um but but so I was like, when you guys sent the list of stuff, I was like, well, there's a lot of stuff in here that's just like really good. Yeah. And we could talk about how good those things are. <laughs> it seemed more fun to me. Also, Message in a Bottle was, I don't know if you guys felt this way. It was a movie that I was like, always like, what is that movie? Like, I've, it's like a, the, the title is a really good title. I think it like, it's very sticky. But so I was like, what? I just was very curious. It was a hit too. Like so it was you, a big you never, movie. I remember it being a big. That's movie. I was reading the Wikipedia yeah. last night. It like yeah, it got panned by critics, but it made like a hundred and eighty million at the box. It's like a huge yeah. movie. Yeah, because because of K cost. K cost. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you uh, you, so you never saw this before. Never, never. My first time was yesterday, October. Oh. 10th 2021 <laughs> yeah i i so yeah i watched it uh in anticipation of this podcast as well and like look i didn't hate this movie by a long shot i don't no, think this movie's I, bad I thought, at all yeah yeah i thought that the, like the 30 percent on rotten tomatoes was unfair it's not cool it's not bad it's like if anything maybe just a little by the numbers mm-hmm yeah, I, it, minus it happened, the ending, yeah. which is horrible. Which we, I don't know. Oh, very on brand for yeah. very on brand for for Nicholas Sparks, though, who Correct. loves yeah, right. leaving you with some horrendous character. Yeah, 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 yeah. He thinks that's I, what love is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do think though it tapped into something for me because um, I rewatched. It's sort of apropos of nothing. I rewatched Bridges in Madison County the other day. Mm. Um, the Clint Eastwood movie, Meryl Streep, uh, which is a great movie, and I really do love that film. And yeah. I do feel like that's the the platonic ideal. Like that's that's okay. if, if you're going to take sort of a a subpar piece of literature and yeah. elevate it to something, you know, real that people can really sink their teeth into. It feels like Nicholas Sparks is just totally fine giving you like a B, right? Like yeah. he's he's not striving to do to to reinvent the wheel. And I think that this movie with this cast made me think that this was going to be something perhaps a little bit more elevated than it was. I didn't hate it, but like, and they're all yeah. great. But I mean, Kevin Costner is like three Oscars, right? Correct. Yeah, yes. and Paul Newman is Paul Newman. Like it's Paul it's Newman. just it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, yeah. 
I mean, you know, I think the notebook is really excellent. And I also think I love like, the notebook. Yeah, it's an excellent movie. And it's like one of the very few movies of the last 20 years that like is kind of iconic. Yeah. Um so it's lasted, even, for sure. Yeah. Either either whether you know people like it or not, you kind of can't deny that it's had a it's it's made an impression. The Nicholas Sparks thing works. I mean that that movie you know, Birth production company, birth fifteen sure, sure. different adotations of his shitty books. What else and, besides uh, the note? It's the Notebook. This what other? There's the the best oh, one is Remember Me with Robert Pattinson where he dies. <laughs> that is not the best. One. That's the oh, best that's one. that's the one where it's revealed that it's nine eleven at the it's end. Nine eleven at the end. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's the it's, good movie. It's crazy. The, I'm looking it up right now just to to read through the adaptations of his. Yeah, stuff, there were like the ones with Miley. A walk Cyrus to remember. And, that was a big oh, one. Great flick, great flick. Uh, Nights at, in Rodanthe. Um, the Lucky One. The Last Song. Safe Haven. Uh, Dear John. Dear John. Much every one of his books becomes a movie. That's right. wild. Did he do the one with Channing Tatum and Rachel McAdams? Where no. The Vow. That's a good no. flick. That's that a, a good, good one. one. But that, yeah. yeah. The, the worldwide gross of all of his films is $889 million. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's almost a billion dollar industry. It's pretty insane. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's 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 no joke. And all of his budgets are... Here's the interesting thing, though. If I'm just looking at this on Wikipedia. Message in a Bottle had an $80 million budget. That's like a big budget. That seems really high based on what the... I mean, I guess you're above the lines pretty Yeah, high, you're above right? the lines. <laughs> yeah. I guess the scene at the end, they're going to, like, they had to... Move the water or whatever. I guess I I thought the CG in this movie actually looked the CG janky. really bad when they're sitting on the porch and it's like the skyline, like the yeah. ocean in the back. Yeah. I was like, when they're on their night sail and they're supposed so to be bad. apparently on a boat at night and it just looks really, really bad. Really, really. But bad. all of his other movies are under thirty million dollar budgets, which makes complete sense, right? You thirty million dollars, these things make a hundred. That's crazy. This movie was eighty million dollars, and it looked the way it did. This was I mean, this is a real like like we're gonna give the stars everything. This is like double wide trailer situation. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, it seems it seems exorbitant. Actually, I'm sorry. It says 30 at another post here, so maybe it was 30. I don't know okay, where the 80 was. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll assume it was because 80 does seem ex- exceedingly high. But either way, and, it and makes Kevin sense Costner to, was at a weird point in his career too. He was mm-hmm. no longer like bankable. He was almost like silly right. at this point. This is after the Postman. This is after Waterworld. This oh, is, yeah. You know, yeah, he was like, you know, he was a silly guy. He was, he was, he was like kind of a national guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he also has, 99 has a one-two punch from Costner, which is it has Message in a Bottle and uh, For Love of the Game, which is the baseball movie, uh, which we have not talked about just yet, where the whole thing is structured like nine innings in his life and we're jumping around in time through his romance with Kelly Preston. Uh, Sam Raimi directed it of all people. Okay. He's also <laughs> in Field of Dreams, right? Oh, that's sure course. is. So that's he, why he's Kenny's uh, dad. Two baseball, that's why he's my dad. Two baseball movies. Wow. Three with Paul well, Durham. Durham. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, that, that's, that's, that's what, he, that's what he, he did in, in 99 with For Love of the Game. He went back to the well. He's like, remember how much you love me. I remember was in two, good, yeah. Two baseball <laughs> movies that made me your dad. And uh, I didn't even see that movie. So I didn't yeah. see it until I was on a plane. That's really bad. Uh, you didn't see it. Yeah, if you didn't see it, you know. Tell me about it. Well, that was that was our... <laughs> That was our bad. That was kind of the tough moment in our relationship. That was my rebellious phase. Fair. And then, yeah. and then I, I came back when he was in Mr. Brooks with Dan Cook. So, yeah. 
Um, yeah, sure. Replace and, and obviously Kenny is a big fan of Yellowstone. Obviously, I've seen every episode. Yes, never miss an app. I, I hear it's very good. I gotta yeah, watch. People love it. I yeah. It's, there, there's a whole universe. They're building spinoffs and I mean, oh anyway, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, let me give a brief synopsis of Message in a Bottle for our listeners who might not have seen this film. Uh, during a morning jog on the beach, journalist Teresa Osborne, played by Robin Wright, discovers a bottle protruding from the sand. Inside it, she finds a heartbreaking anonymous love letter. After her paper publishes the letter, Osborne tracks down the letter's reclusive author, world weary widower Garrett Blake, played by Kevin Costner in the Carolinas. But as Os- Osborne finds herself falling hopelessly in love with Blake. She becomes racked with guilt over the real impetuous, sorry, impetus that is of her visit. Message in a Bottle opened on February 12th. So it's a big Valentine's Day movie, which is oh, another thing too, right? Really smart. Really smart. Uh, really smart. It uh, opened first place against Payback. She's all that blast from the past and my favorite Martian. Just a real murderer's row of, of films there. Uh, goes on to make, as you mentioned, $120 million on a $30 million budget. Uh, 32% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, 66 from audiences. I'm going to read a very brief clip of Roger Ebert's two-star review where he said, Message in a Bottle is a tearjerker that strolls from crisis to crisis. It's curiously muted as if it fears that passion would tear its delicate fabric. Even the fights are more in sorrow than in anger. And when there's a fist fight, it doesn't feel like a real fist fight. It feels more like someone thought the movie needed a fist fight around then. <laughs> uh, the film is about a man and a woman who believe in great love. The man believes it's behind him. The woman hopes it's ahead of her. One uh, one of their ideals in life is to be somebody's true north. Right away, we know they're in trouble. You don't just find true love. You team up with somebody and build it from the ground up. But Master Nabato believes in the kind of love where the romantic music comes first, trembling and sweeping under every scene, and the dialogue is treated like lyrics. I mean, I, I, I can't totally disagree with Ebert's perspective on the film. I mean, he's not wrong, but I also think he's not maybe giving enough credence to, to the stuff that works. Like, I do think that the cast is really solid. And I cast think is really, Robin Wright, I thought was so good. Oh, yeah, so we agree. Good. Amazing. It made me be we like, oh yeah, we night. need more Robin Wright now in 2021. Totally. Kenny and I were texting about this because as I was watching it, I was like, she really could have been Reese Witherspoon or, or, yeah. or as Kenny said, Julia Roberts. Like, yeah. she really has, she's so charming and so winning in this. Her so smiles, she, you're just like, she, I yeah. wish she smiled more in movies. Yeah, and she, she like, me, and maybe this is what hurt her becoming one of those things. Not that those women don't seem intelligent, but she sure. seems, she reads so smart. I mean, I know in this she's playing a journalist, but like she's, she's got a very high status yeah. vibe. Totally. Yes. Part of me is like, oh, does the, did that, is that what hurt her? Well, like, it, it, I mean, is, yeah. it is in a sense because that's the reason she gets cast as the first lady in that ridiculous television show. <laughs> and then she gets stuck in this, as I said to Phil, she gets stuck in the spacey zone where like all of a sudden she's like playing this like very arch character. Yeah. And very cold too. Like, very yeah. cold. And like, look, she was the best part of that show. But I think people forgot everything else she was able to do. And now she's playing Wonder Woman's, like, you know, ass-kicking mom friend. And that's kind of where she lands now. But, like, she's, like, so good in a movie like this. And she has these incredibly iconic roles in her past. It's crazy. It almost feels like people don't even talk about them. Jenny Gump and uh, Buttercup. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really... Watching this, it kind of all flooded back to me a little bit how good she was 
you know, in those earlier films. It's not that she's not good in everything she does. I think that Princess I also Bride was her first film, you know, which is crazy. Well, I mean, Princess, Princess Bride, Bride was her first film. Wow, and she's great mm-hmm. in it. I mean, I do think that. I imagine Sean Penn has something to do with all of this as well in some way yeah. or another. Yeah. I was going to um, say that yeah. shitty thing and like she got attached to him and then he kind of took over and there's so much stuff with him. That- there's a lot of drama there that I feel I imagine has something to do with it. Well, you know, I, I, but- I do think that also there is this weird thing where Sean Penn, mm-hmm. whether or not he's toxic, which he is, but that's not what I'm talking about now. <laughs> uh, in in the late 90s, early 2000s, he became a big brand unto himself. And she kind of became part of that brand, which, you yeah. know, which was like kind of, you know, like, like, like thoughtful thug, thoughtful yeah. menace. And she right. was almost a perfect it was, way to describe the Sean Penn genre. <laughs> And she kind of got pulled in to this thing by virtue of uh, being his wife. And I think that kind of hurt her thing as well, which is a horrible thing. And it's kind of a bad situation for everybody because, you know, we were, I mostly think we're the victims because we were robbed of more wonderful <laughs> rock and wife performances. Well, it's, it's, it, it makes me think about the last name thing. Like whenever an actress takes yeah. the last name and tacks it on, to, to her name, it always sort of feels like you don't, like, I, why? You know what I mean? Like, you 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 have, it, it's just interesting. Like, Nicole Kidman never became Nicole Cruz, even though I guess yeah. everybody know, knew that Penelope she was Nicole Cruz Kidman. But, exactly. <laughs> but, like, it's just, it, it's just interesting to me where it's like, Robin Wright, you know, obviously had a, a great career. She didn't need Penn's name attached to hers. It's just kind yeah. of strange to me. But So it's an interesting, like, Obviously, this is their personal business, but like, was that sure. her thing? Was that right? His thing? Right. Like, right. He also seems like a. I mean, I possessive. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I believe he's <laughs> a, on a documented domestic abuser, based on what Donna oh, said. So, my God. I'm like, yeah. did he force that? I don't know, man. It's uh, all very strange. The takeaway is that Robin <laughs> Wright is very good. She's amazing. She's really interesting. I, I'm I'm curious, Jen, about your thoughts on this it's kind of a trope of the woman that needs to fix the man yeah it does feel like that's kind of in the dna of this movie it's very in that zone which is like an annoying a very annoying trope a very annoying like you don't really know like i guess you know that she has a divorce that you know didn't like she divorced she has this son she's but you don't know a ton about her no. And and you don't really you're not supposed to. It's all <laughs> it's all about fixing Kevin Costner. I did side note one of the I laughed out loud because my favorite piece of dialogue in the film is at the very beginning in the airport when she's handing her son. For those of people who haven't seen the movie, she has a she's divorced. She has a son with her ex husband, mm-hmm. and she is handing the son off to him in the airport to him and his new wife and new children. And he goes, he goes, okay, son, say bye to mom. <laughs> <laughs> calling calling someone's son. I believe no one has ever in the history of the world. Like I don't have kids, but I don't I my parents were never like daughter. <laughs> like it's just so funny when those little it's things amazing. get past everybody. I'm like, what just that's we know, the we worst exposition. We know he's her son. 
it, it read so strong of like a studio note of like yep. people are confused. Just have them call him son. <laughs> <laughs> what are they, they going to think? Yeah. The, the, the yeah. one that always kills me of those is that, that when you have a brother and sister in a show, the first uh, time they meet each other, they insist upon having the brother call the sister sis. Yeah. Like yeah, what yeah. universe do people <laughs> yeah, do that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's. I, I, I think know. God forbid we should think that they are like attracted to each other. So, all right, sis. Yeah, it is that. But like, it's it does. Like- it it does feel to your to your point, Jen. That that Teresa is who. Honestly, we don't meet Kevin Costner until pretty deep into this movie. Surprisingly deep into this movie, right. me. Like it's a good like twenty minutes or so. Before I, we I was meet surprised him. by that too. I was like, oh, we're really with Robin Wright for a long time. Right, but we're with her in the in the same way that that it, it almost had a you've got mail kind of component to me a little yeah, bit. It's of, very you've got mail, right? Like it has a little bit of that mixed in there of of her just being sort of um, falling in love with. It's got a slippers in Seattle thing too, right? Falling in love with someone through correspondence and projecting all correspondence to another person, which is another level. <laughs> That's at least. At least in other, I guess Sleepless in Seattle is about another person, but yeah. you've got mail at least as like direct correspondence. It's pretty, totally. you got to really want to fall in love to be like, <laughs> this other, this other dead yeah. chick. And I'm, it's, it's I'm like the first parasocial relationship. It's really I mean, it, put in a time capsule because it's quite important. Yeah, we <laughs> it, throw that thing or, in the ocean. Put in the ocean. I do feel like there are two things that jump out at me. The first is um, a message in a bottle is a very antiquated way. I understand that it's more Even metaphorical for, for, for Karen. Yeah. Um, but also, I one of the things I that, that's really, my favorite really, thing about the movie, by the way, I don't, I don't hate it, but it's also, it's, like, it feels better in a book than it does in act in a movie. It's kind of my thing. Yeah. Like it's, it, it doesn't just buy in. Like that's it. No, that, and, I, and I know you are, I know you are. I just, it's to me, it's just a, like this. He, we're going on some ridiculous beach read of a, of a movie. Oh, for 100%, where a message for in sure. a bottle is the inciting incident. I, I find that so lovely and charming, but that's just but also that the, that the, that the titular message in a bottle is with the title. Like you're actually seeing a message yeah. in a bottle. Yeah, yeah, it, it is very like, funny. Yeah. Also, it's in the in a 2021 lens, you know that the the ocean is full of garbage, and that, <laughs> that bottle is far too well preserved to wash that. It's true. It's a beautiful bottle. It's, it's, it's a gorgeous just, bottle. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's made a trip from what is it? It goes North Carolina. Like North Carolina to the Cape. I think so. Yeah. Quite the journey. I I think my biggest beef with this film, and this is a trope, and I understand as a writer that sometimes you're you don't have a choice. But I hate when a main conflict is about a lack of communication. Like when someone can just say something. Exactly what I was going to bring up the 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 false pretense of. Well, I guess it's a lack of. Yeah, it's. Are we talking about the same thing? The thing I cannot stand is when a character, you're like, just tell him. Just tell him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she comes this close to telling him, and then she backs off, and you're just like, ugh. (laughs) Now I got to watch him get upset at you over something that you could have told him 45 minutes ago. It's 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 really It's 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 false conflict. And this really happens with a man doing it to a woman, so I guess it's good that's a woman doing it to a man. (laughs) Especially once they, like, have sex under false pretenses, you're like, this is getting really dicey. (laughs) 
to a Sarah McLaughlin song, nonetheless. Too. Yeah, oh my god, that needle drop oh, was so loud and so amazingly on the nose. I, you bring up the the sex scene, and I I kind of I, I want to talk about this for a second because I do feel like this movie is not very sexy. It's surprisingly flat when it comes to like romantic very sparks. PG. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked that I thought, like, okay, two very like very attractive, like this is a, a sexy film. And yeah. and they it's not at all. They have at like all. most of it, they have like a three-minute long marshmallow fight on the beach. That's oh my like, God. that's right. Like, we had two marshmallow fights in a row, right? Remember yeah. that film? Yeah, yeah, we did. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say something uh kind of okay. controversial. Mm. These people who are only, I think, in their like 40s. Uh, she's thirty-three. She's thirty-three in real life or in the movie. In the in real life, either way, thirty-three when she shot it. There you go. She's thirty-three. This was considered a middle-aged love story. Yes, and yes. That is part of why <laughs> I think it's so chaste because so I mean, and and I and I think like the 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 biggest indicator of that is the fact that they are both on their second. Yes. relationships yeah um so this is considered a middle-aged love story for middle-aged people <laughs> and god forbid we should ever see these hideous old people have, <laughs> have sex with each other so i think that well, that that's why it was like that uh yeah. why it's why it's more marshmallow fights and you know close sitting close than it sitting, is like yeah. yes close sitting like they, like they they sleep that, together not yeah. having sex. They sleep yeah, together literally twice. Sleep. Yeah. yeah. It's my whole thing too, is it feels like they're kind of trying to have their cake and eat it too, which is, this is a, a widower. This is a man whose central conflict is that he can't seem to get over the grief of his dead wife. Yeah. So I think they're trying to slow play the sex component to show reverence to the dead wife. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah. But then when he comes to visit her in Chicago, he's so randy that he like literally just wants to like have sex with her the second that he sees her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, randy. he got so horny. Chicago's yes. been so horny. Yeah, it's like what happened? Uh, you went to the, the big city and now you yeah. just want to get He's like got a, a what's it called? A rim spr- a a rum spray. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's just it's very it's I would I would argue that that it takes it's a first of all, this movie is over two hours. It does not need to be over two hours. It's 130 minutes. It's an insane thing. Um, And it takes an hour for them to have sex. Basically, it did not need to be played out like this. That's 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 pretty normal for me. Maybe (laughs) maybe if I'm like really going to read it as an artistic decision, it's like North Carolina is so his ex-wife or his dead wife that dead like wife. like yeah. yeah ex-wife is is like that he when he's there it's about her and then he removes himself from that place and he's mm-hmm. able to like be free of that or whatever sure that's probably what they're trying to do <laughs> I, that sounds yeah. right that sounds right you probably I, I, also realized it was robin wright and you know yeah, like, come what on. am i doing yeah come on pal yeah. <laughs> pull yourself I, I, together pal She's pretty funny in this movie too, I have to say. Like I actually oh. think she she it it made me I looked through her filmography. She really only has like one other comedy and it's other than Princess Bride, but like it's Toys. And I love Toys. I know that movie's batshit, but like she's actually I don't, pretty I funny don't even in that remember film. her her. She's the toys. love interest. 
She's she's, ro- she's his girlfriend in that movie. Oh, Robin yeah. Williams' girlfriend. I remember okay. seeing that movie when I was a kid, Toys, and being like really creeped out. I don't think Me I too. could ever yeah. watch it again. Yeah, no, no, you should be. You should. That's the correct. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I think it's insane. I sort of love how insane it is. Like Tori Amos did the music. It all just doesn't make any cool. sense. Cool. It's it's she's great, but it's just like anyway. But Robin Wright is funny in that movie. Anyway, I think I. I saw it as a kid too, and like it, it, it was one of those things where it just it sat wrong with me. You know, it just it hit me very wrong. And totally, I, that's exactly. It's like an unsettling feeling. Yes. Because it's a movie about toys, not for kids, is the big yeah. thing, right? Like, so you watch, and you're like, oh, it's a movie about toys. Like, I'm sure I love this as a kid, and then you watch, and you're just like, this isn't fun. I don't like anything I, about this. Yeah, I, and I think that's kind of what I was going to say, which is, I, I think if you accept that this movie is not for kids. Uh, maybe there's some trans transgressive fun to be had, but I also sure. watched this about five years ago and found it just equally just stomach churning. <laughs> but I'm a kid at heart. Yeah. I, I, uh, I love that. Um, it also sounds like we're saying message in a bottle is not for kids. Yeah, no, we're talking about toys here, but <laughs> to get back to message in a bottle, it's not, um, it's not for kids either. No, Ileana Douglas, always great. Always great. I always love her. Best. Always Long great. Horrible. Yeah. Wish she was in it more. Um, yeah. Wish she wasn't necessarily saddled with the oversexed snarky role. Yeah. That was such a 90s character. Oh, yeah. Such a 90s trope. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. every one of, in every one of these, you know, romantic comedic dramas, which I think mm-hmm. that these sleepless in Seattle's kind of yeah. fall, fall into, there was always the oversexed best female friend. Yep. It's Every really time. weird. It's that weird. must have been a bummer to be, to be <laughs> reading for those all I, the time. I thought Paul Newman was excellent in every scene, even though it's yeah. like a little bit of a trope. The like gruff, whatever, dad. Dodge. Yeah, Dodge. Um, <laughs> what a I name. did notice, and, and Kenny, I'm curious your take on this. I did notice that like Kevin Costner got a couple of like, like he got a Razzie for worst actor in this movie and another like derogatory award and i thought he was fine but there are some interesting choices thank you for asking <laughs> um i uh i i, I noticed he was I think delicate. It was delicate it's your dad i think it was a razzie yeah. nomination okay he didn't, and he, he didn't win <laughs> you know look he was up against a juggernaut that was wild wild west so you, it's very hard to 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 go up against that but I think the other movie award show you were alluding to is the uh, the the Stinker Awards. The Stinker Award. That's st- what <laughs> I think he did. Yeah. I think he did pretty well at the the Golden Stinkers. Yeah. But uh, <sighs> but my I, look, my feeling on this is uh, I thought Costner was excellent. Um, <laughs> I course. think he, well, I think yes, I think yeah, he okay. has. And now I recently did a, a, a draft on screen drafts of baseball movies. So I watched Field of Dreams and um, Bull and Bull Durham recently, which are two. I've recently know, watched Field of Dreams as well. It's the best. Oh, it's oh. my favorite movie. But, but, oh, okay. but I'm not, I'm not no, 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 no. I, I will I'm not, not get. I will, I will not get emotional about it. It is. Uh, it is not something that I can even discuss rationally. Uh, but. He, we've done an episode very, on field of dreams for our patreon so it's yes yeah. okay so two very different performances i think you know costner is not, is not does not have the most range i think everyone kind of knows that um 
he is a walking ball of charm, in my opinion. And he has the almost uncanny ability to deliver exposition and throwaway lines that doesn't that's true bother that doesn't yeah, like that is, rankle you right he, that is a true thing he's really he good at that he does right. that throughout the movie where i it, it's a very confident thing that not a lot of actors are willing to do but to swallow these lines that mm-hmm. are important and just trust yeah. like anybody should that the audience is listening yeah. Uh, so I think that, you know, look, I think he's, he's great. I think, uh, I get, I, I no wrong. Yeah. Well, I don't like everything he's ever done. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> but I, you know, I haven't seen some of his, his worst work too, but I, I think he's great. I think she's great. I think they have good chemistry. I like him as Paul Newman's son as well. Good cast. Uh, good cast. It's yes. an interesting thing too. I, I, you know, when I, when you have an actor like Paul Newman, in his later years um, playing a dad, there's a part of me that has that little thing like, is this actor that he's playing the father to? Uh... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Capable of sitting in a, a standing in a scene right, right, right. with this legend and being the the POV and being the most important character in that scene going going up against Paul Newman and like that that was probably more true then than it is now even like this guy won best director for his you know Dance with the Wolves like he was a a a, a unique kind of I like that you said persona. it as though he won an Oscar for Dancing with Wolves. You said <laughs> I just I like the notion that anyway. Yes, he did. Well, he did dance with the wolves in the movie. He did. He did, he did. Yeah. Oscar. So <laughs> yeah. you don't know what happened. So I, I think that he. Uh, I think he really kind of holds his own with Paul Newman. Yeah. Um. In a, in, a, in a frame. In a frame is really all I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, the, like it feels like appropriate. Of course, she does because she's a really great actress. Actress. Um, but yeah, They're, I think Costner didn't, didn't deserve his Rami, Razzie knob. I don't think he did either. I don't, I don't think, think he was that bad. There, he he does the one scene where I was like, what's going on, Kevin? Is when he shows up at her hotel to invite her to dinner. Mm-hmm. The way he says, like, do you eat red meat? Steak is the best thing I do. It was a little yeah. like serial killer vibes for me. I was like, this, <laughs> this is, let's do another. I, I don't t- disagree. Evan. <laughs> yeah. I, I I thought he was quite good in this too. I think that Paul Newman, who is sort of, I mean, he's at the tail end of his career. I think the last the last role he has 
outside of cars uh, is um, Road to Perdition, which he does a few years after this um, and is very good in that too. Um, No one can throw away a line like Paul Newman. No one is sort of so effortlessly just, it's it's incredible. He's the best Um, movie star of all time. He really, really is. And, and, you know, obviously, you know, this movie probably isn't up to Paul Newman's standards for all intents and purposes, but like, it does feel like, you know, he sinks his teeth into it. He could play this role in his sleep of like an old codger. Like it's, it's not as though he, you know, is, but he's very, very good in it. And I felt like, um, the scenes with him and Kevin Costner in particular, they really did feel on the level to your point, Kenny, like it didn't like Kevin Costner clearly was upping his game in order to be in these scenes, but like, it's, he's just, I don't know. He brought out the best in everybody in the scenes. Yeah. I also felt like it was, I really believe them as father and son. Like it was casting and it just like, they, I, I, their scenes were excellent. I mean, Paul Newman's incredible. Paul, Paul. So good. Just incredible. He can play anything and he has played anything and everything over the, the course of his career. Mm-hmm. But he he did a really good job of meeting Costner where he lives. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of what I, I saw from him. I, I want to quickly, if you're okay yeah. with this, go to these Razzie noms because they're fun. Who is <laughs> 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 who was nominated against Costner? So uh, I was wrong about who won. Really? Uh, Will Smith wasn't even nominated. Kevin Klein was nominated, which is appropriate. He was terrible. What was Kevin Klein nominated for? In Wild Wild West. And then two two guys who delivered excellent performances. This is just mm, horrific, which is Adam Sandler, who won for Best Daddy. I mean, Big Daddy. He won the the Razzie for that? Yeah, he won. Yep. And also nominated was Schwarzenegger for End of Days. Fucking killed him in that film. I didn't know and, that Big Daddy was considered bad. Uh, it was I nominated for that well, either. the worst picture nominees this year are a joke almost. Um, Wild Wild West won. Big Daddy okay. was nominated. Okay. The Haunting was Bless nominated, you. which is a truly terrible film. Star Wars Episode One was nominated, which you know felt like they were just being cute. And uh, and Blair Witch was nominated, which is one of the best films ever. That's made. fucked so, up. Blair Witch is good. Blair Witch is great. And Heather Donahue won Worst Actress, which is That's like, ridiculous. That's they ridiculous. should just jump off. That, well, I hate the Razzies to begin with. I think the Razzies are the world's worst. But but to uh, to give Worst Actress to a uh, non-professional in a $30,000 film yeah, it's completely so rude. defeats them. Yeah. It's yeah. so rude. Yeah. You're supposed to be punching up. Yeah, I would also exactly. say, of the nominees you just read, Kenny, The Haunting is unquestionably the worst of all of them. Without question. And then Robin Williams was nominated for for by Centennial Man and Jacob the Liar and and R.I.P. But sorry, man, that's your fair. Opinion. Fair. That's those the, that those are fair nominations. They still do the Razzies. They do, yep. sadly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, I to to get back to Costner and and Newman for a second. I thought that the the haircut scene, the first scene that they have together, was really was was cute. I think that to your point, they have this sort of fragile thing yeah their relationship feels fragile um which which i which i appreciated i i don't know i'm curious as to what you both think of this 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 paintings situation catherine's paintings that Yo, create that this this drama with the family like, who cares what is this who gives a <laughs> shit? Yeah. Shit? it was just yeah. very i thought it's it was very strange Joe, it's just to give him the thing that is unhealed in his 
past that she helps him heal. It's just like so by the numbers and boring. Oh, it's it's brutal. And then like Paul Newman comes out with the painting and a broken bottle threatening to destroy the painting. You're just like, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> that was objectively good. Yes. Objectively. <laughs> so at the uh near the end when Garrett confronts uh Teresa about the big secret that she uh, you know she he finds the bottle in her bedside table uh confronts her with the bottle uh it really, to me, hangs just a big lantern on how silly the premise of this movie is. That was it's tough. Um, it's it's tough to, guys, to do that scene. Think of a do- a different way for him to find the bo- like the the on her bedside table the like yeah. the the doily that yeah. also by the way who has that on their nightstand who has a doily on their nightstand yeah. is stuck in the drawer and he's like oh I gotta fix this and then it's just yeah, you're right this movie <laughs> Give me a break, guys. It's really clunky, and then it leads to a fight in the rain, of course, because, like, every... I mean, uh, just a torrential so downpour yeah. of rain. Yeah, yeah that... Well, you guys are expecting too much. It's... <laughs> it's well, no, it's... it's. I think, I think ultimately, this, this to me is just, like, this is... I liked this movie, but this part of the film, when, like, it's all kind of coming to a head... And it gets really dramatic and it just leans into so many sort of like clunky, you know, tropey things. Him finding it, him confronting her, then them yelling in the rain. It's like, oh, it just, it all happens in like a five to seven minute chunk that you're just like, this is a lot. I'm not arguing in favor of this bad film. (laughs) What I am, what I am doing, what I'd like to do is uh, sometimes on our show, whether it's this or the 89 show, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There are movies that were uh, like kind of critically reviled for yep. being on the tail end of certain tropes and ideas. And mm-hmm. when we watch them, it's like, well, you know, I didn't just watch five years of the same thing over and over again. This is pretty good in a vacuum. Yep. This to me is almost the opposite, where we are now on the tail end of 20 years of these tropes, like being burned into our brain and uh, hating them very deeply. But <laughs> this, uh, I, I would argue that at the time, not that this was super fresh, but that this is, you know, the beginning of this wave of these type of movies that were prevalent. The first Nicholas throughout, Sparks movie. Yeah. Right. That were prevalent throughout the, you know, 2000s and, uh, and, and became something that everyone kind of has had more than enough of. So I don't, I, 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 Tried to kind of look at it through that lens, which you sure. know was was more like, look, this isn't breaking new ground. This isn't super right. impressive. But I I don't think like this is a victim of of what riding the wake. Of I agree all the that other it, this is the tip of the spear. It. This is the first yeah. of and and yeah. and again, like it's not even that it that I was watching these scenes and I was thinking because I actually tweeted uh, about watching this film. And someone came at me on Twitter about like Nicholas Sparks is great, and I fucking love this movie. And I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. I mean, you're you're more than entitled to enjoy these films. It's just I think that it it scratches an itch, and there are people that like to turn their brains off and watch yes. uh, a, a cheesy romantic movie, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but I have a hard time doing that sometimes, and I think this film, yeah. in that particular portion of it. Had had that issue for me. I would also say too, 
I don't know why you invite your potential new girlfriend to the christening of a boat that you've named after your dead wife <laughs> and giving a speech about how much you love yeah. your dead wife. Yeah. It feels your choice. It's a, it's a bad look and you shouldn't yeah. be surprised if she's not into it. Yeah, man, <laughs> that ending, like we're getting Crazy. towards the end. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> it also, so just for, for our audience to understand, there's basically Garrett decides that he's going, he's written a letter that he's oh, wait, going hold up. Can oh, we, can we, one thing yeah. that happens before that, that drove me insane is she comes to this boat thing. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, it's all about Catherine, his dead wife. It's very, she realizes, oh, he is not ready for this relationship. Yeah. But, <laughs> but then he does go to her at the house and say like, no, stay. Like he makes a very, he's like stay blah 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 and she's like no you'll come to me when you're ready and i'm watching and i'm like but he's coming to you now yeah just just talk dude what are you doing and then and then (laughs) the end killed me well because it's trying it's you're you're absolutely right that it's it's treading in this weird kind of muddy waters because what it wants is the big tragic ending and it's kind of twisting itself into pretzels in order to get there yeah um but they have this sort of he, so first of all, he invites her to the christening. She goes to the boat thing. Why he invited her to do what he did is whatever. They have this conversation. She sa- he says, I don't want to let you go. And she then, says, then don't. He has a big, you know, big sort of fight with his dad. Where his dad's that like, should have been the end of the movie, right? It should have been, should have been the end of the movie. Yeah, exactly. Then he has a big sort of, his dad basically says, you need to grow up. You need to man up. Like, move on with your life. You can't just be, you know grief stricken your whole life he writes a letter decides he's going to get on his boat he's going to i don't know why he gets on his boat i don't know where he's going yeah he can't sail oh no he's going to like some point where and he said i'm gonna say goodbye to Catherine with the message in a bottle the guy's got a bit and he's sticking with it that's that's this guy has yeah he's like this has worked well So he has a mis- I think he has a misunderstanding of the afterlife. I think I agree. Yes. Yeah. Maybe a flat earther though. You might be able- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So he gets in his and- boat and there's a storm and he sees another boat with a family. It's a husband, there I think it's a son or a daughter, I don't I can't remember, and his wife uh and he tries to save all of them. He saves the father and the kid, but he goes back to try to save the wife and they both drown. Uh, and it's it's it doesn't look great as we mentioned. The special oh, effects God, are pretty it's shitty. Sarah, it's such a like they're in a wave pool. <laughs> it's crazy, right? And it's like uh, the perfect storm comes out literally the next year, which shows like oh, you yeah. can do this well if you try. Yeah. Um, but so then we don't see him die. We just see him go underwater and try to save this woman. And then Paul Newman calls Robin Wright at work, breaks the news to her at work. They're doing the best they can with this melodrama, but it's I felt for Paul Newman and Robin Wright post <laughs> post Garrett's death. It was yeah. definitely uh they were really But to your point, they don't show that and then when he calls, he's like he's like Garrett went down. He right, again right. doesn't explicitly say he's dead. So right. 
the yeah. whole time I'm going like, okay, he's not really dead. He's going to be like in the That's hospital right. or whatever. Yeah. And then he just is dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's an abrupt ending too, in terms Nicholas, of like, you get to- Nicholas Sparks doesn't keep both lovers alive. That's yeah. his thing. It, it's just, it's, it, you get some VO from Robin Wright about love and I life. don't know, something. Love and and life, I, yeah. It's, it's also just like, it's, it does feel mean to Teresa's character, right? If we're supposed it's to so think, awful, it's right? Terrible. Her life sucks. <laughs> it's like we, she's our, she's the audience. Yeah. We, we spend all this time with her up top. We're invested in her trying to find love. She's in this kind of shitty situation in a, you know, a divorce and uh, you know, watching her husband with a new woman who, by the way, we find out he cheated on her, uh, that whole situation. Yeah. So you're just like, Teresa's just this emotional punching bag. Yeah. She finally meets a guy who she thinks she likes. Sure, I guess this guy seems fine. Whatever. <laughs> well, I but mean, then come on. <laughs> he is Kevin Costner. Um, so there's that, but it just, it, it all just feels really sort of unfortunate to her character. I mean, it's just an unfortunate tragedy that didn't need to be. Yes. Like, I don't know what the point of this movie is. Like, what is the, (laughs) like, what are you saying? I guess you're saying like, seize the moment when it's in front of you, because he should have just not let her leave when she comes, like, but it's like very... I don't know what the theme of this movie well, is. It, has really a, it obviously has a point of view problem because <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is she's she is ostensibly the protagonist, but he is the one the movie's more concerned with. Um he's the one with an arc. She has yeah. no arc. And that's a problem. That's a problem when you have when with a character that has an arc is A, not your protagonist, and B dies. Uh, yeah. there certainly is a story in uh, this person who was only in my life for a short period of time taught me how to love again or open mm. my heart again or whatever it is. I can't think of an example, but I feel like they're all over the place. Um, right. And that's not what happened here. Be- and part yeah. of it is because of what you guys were hitting on, you know, midway through this podcast, which is the... Um, the central kind of conflict of this movie is her withholding the information. So what does she learn? Well, maybe she learned not to be disingenuous in her, in her job as a reporter. Um, like, it's a yeah. interpretation. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even trying to be, I'm trying to be, uh, I'm, I'm trying to be condescending towards the movie. I'm yeah. trying to be, I'm trying to be patronizing yeah. towards this film that actually got made. Um, yeah. but <laughs> it does. It yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Jen. No, no. I I was like, maybe that's it. Maybe it's like we're supposed to feel good that she finally is like writing for the paper, but that also never seemed like a goal of her. It's not like she, they could have given her the tiniest arc, which is like I want to write, but I'm scared to, so I'm in research, but mm-hmm. then I'm gonna finally do it. It, it the thing that sort of jumped out to me, and I have not seen that many Nicholas Sparks movies, but it does feel like all of his movies sort of say the same thing, which is that love is great, and uh, even if you only have it briefly, you should embrace the fact that you had it at all. Uh, right. And and I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't subscribe to that I, that notion. <laughs> um, but I, I do part? think. <laughs> I, I mean, I just I think that there's something very. Um, oddly condescending about it. You know what I mean? That there is something very sort of 
patronizing. A, now, again, I don't think he intends for it to feel that way, but like watching this film, there were times where it was like, if I was a person that loved these type of movies, would I feel catered to, or would I feel as though this movie was mocking well, me? Well, why do let's just yeah. break this out a little bit? Why do you think people love these movies? Well, what I do think you think it's it is we about these films that uh, people I, are lonely and they want to believe in love? Well, I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> it's got to be. It's let's be. I'm gonna be a little more generous than that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean to. I don't mean to be shitty about it, but I just think that there is, right? Like I think that this tends to these type of films do tend to speak to people that want to believe in in a love that transcends some sort of you know. It, it, even Ebert says it in his review, right? There's an idea. There's a there's a people wanting big cheesy romantic things in their you know Taylor Swift, who I love, but like, but you know I, what love, I mean? like, so so, but I I I love big cheesy romantic. Yeah, things. so do I. Yeah. Um, this is always punctuated. His shit's always punctuated with tragedy. Yeah. Yes. What is that thing that, that people that are drawn know. to? I guess it, you could say that, yeah, it reminds people, like, for example, this is a Valentine's Day movie. If you are in a relationship in love, it reminds you to to savor it while it's still sure. here. Sure. Like, I think that that would be the, what you walk out of the theater on Valentine's Day seeing this movie. You're like, wow, I'm, I'm like, yeah. thank God my husband Dan is still alive, <laughs> you know, like yes, yes, that's yes, yes, like yes. what you're savoring, I guess, yes. which like, I, I guess is the, a nice point. Maybe I'll throw out, We're a, all such romantics uh, on I'll, throw out a, I'll throw out a, a, a dark interpretation, which I think Ooh, is okay. kind of playing play okay. on what you guys, what you guys are working, working with here. Um, he just gives you the good part and calls it a day <laughs> because Every we're you know every movie that's about romance, not every movie, but most movies are about the courtship, right? Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. And then they get together, and then the movie ends, and right. then they inevitably wind up in the situation where no one makes movies about ha- happy married couples. Do you make movies about married couples that are having problems and hopefully work through them? That's true, because that's marriage true. is hard. He just says, "Fuck it." This is what it. This is yeah. this is the this is the good part. This is the romantic part. And let's be left with that memory forever, as sure. opposed to the part after you get married and then you have kids. And uh, I'm not going to go too much more into it because I'm a married person and my wife occasionally yeah. listens. Yeah, as a single person on here, I'm just going to assume that you guys know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good observation. That is probably it, right? It's like it, it's like put this in like a fantasy genre where it's like relationships right. never get hard. Mm-hmm. They get hard with this tragedy, but even that, the tragedy allows the relationship to be preserved in this idyllic, like yes. perfect, totally. no conflict, just falling in love infatuated with the person i mean they do have a fight they have one fight which is about her dishonesty but other than that it's like it's all perfect until it's gone totally Mm -hmm. i yeah i I, it does feel like it is it's kind of preserved in amber in this like beautiful kind of thing which is i imagine very intentional and and also i mean Super nasty, if you really think about it. <laughs> like it's like it's super cynical. It's a it's a really horrible fucking way of looking at life and love and everything. But like, 
That is, I, I do think that is the fantasy he's selling, Jen. I think you're agree. I, I mean, I think I agree with the with what you're saying. So yeah. as as we wrap this up, Jen, at the end of every episode, we do a rating of uh, okay. of these films from zero to ninety nine. Zero being the lowest, <laughs> obviously ninety nine being the highest. Uh, we 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 do it twice. We do it once before the podcast, like what you thought going into the podcast, and then what uh-huh. you thought after the podcast. If okay. the podcast changed your opinion, uh, I came into this uh, podcast. I gave this film. I gave it a 60, which I think is probably um, maybe a little too generous. I, 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 after this podcast, I think I'm closer to like 55. Like, I don't, I don't want to say that this film, that, that you shouldn't watch this movie. I think that the three leads make this movie absolutely watchable. Um, and, and I think that, uh, that I expected this movie to be a lot worse than it was. Um, and it turned out to be, you know, above average, decent romance, I guess. Mm-hmm. The ending I had a pretty significant issue with but ultimately didn't hate this i'd probably give it a 55 what would you say jen i think coming in i Mm -hmm. thought it would be like a 40 Uh sure i had lower expectation (laughs) after watching i'm gonna give it a 49 sure okay okay it 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 still doesn't get in like to me your rating system and you are obviously more experienced with it but to me once you get into the 50s 50s i'm starting to get into this is like there's there's really good things about this movie like things i can point to and be like that is like i hadn't seen that before that's interesting this is still like nothing and again, like you're saying, this is we have years and years of seeing this genre now, but there was nothing that I was like, oh, that's a really like new, interesting idea. I didn't see that <laughs> at all. And you so, feel that? Yeah. so part of me is like, but 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 like you said, credits to the cast, extremely watchable. Like I think the cast actually really helps this movie to 100%. be what it is versus it could be really, really bad. So I think 49. Yeah. Not there. quite the fifty zone of like getting to quality. Go. Yeah, forty nine. Okay. You know it's interesting because we saw uh, a a very similar horrible movie called The Love Letter. Mm-hmm. Um, that was. Do you know the Love Letter, Jen? No. It was <laughs> Kate Capshaw, and uh, yeah. who were the the men in it? Oh, it was uh, uh, Everett Scott, Tom Everett Scott, Tom Everett Ellen Scott. Ellen DeGeneres is in it. Um, yes, Ellen DeGeneres is, is, okay. is the oversex, the oversex best friend. And yeah. um, <laughs> I celebrate her entire catalog. Yeah. Um, and we, uh, it was a very bad movie. Okay. And it was, uh, it almost suffered a little bit from having uh, greater ambition than this movie. Um, have, yeah. which I think it does. And I think it misses the mark wildly, but you can tell yes. what it's going for. Mm-hmm. Whereas this movie has almost no ambition. Um, yeah, I, there, there's ambition. There, there's, there, there's no ambition thematically. There's no ambition uh, uh, on the page structurally. Uh, there's no ambition with uh, your characters or the relationships. There is uh, a modicum of, a- of ambition when it comes to the directing of the film. Sure. But um, the fact that it has no ambition uh, makes it worse and better at the same time. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I gave yeah. it. I gave it a sixty-eight before the podcast. Okay. okay. Um, right. After the podcast, uh, I'm going down quite a bit. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go down to a fifty-eight. Okay. Um, I'm. 
I, I, the fifties are generally for me the harmless zone. Yeah. Um, where I, you know, there, there's nothing going on here that that makes me want to tell you to watch this movie. But I don't want to put it below fifty and basically say um, you are a don't bad movie. Yeah. Uh, Forty nine, I think, is very brave. By the way, I think that's um, <laughs> it's a solid, we, solid score. We we rarely, if ever, yeah. have guests who go in that. 49 area i do it a lot i do it a lot because i really well i I really like making that point i think you're exactly right that the 50s are good it's it's harmless it Mm -hmm. doesn't it i don't this movie doesn't make me mad but i I drop it one point below that because it does make me mad that the female character doesn't get any arc of her own and is just there to service the main story So that's why I'm like, oh, you dropped into the 40s. <laughs> Which is completely, yeah. completely fair. And I, I honestly thought about going even lower. Uh, and when you said 49, I almost stole it from you. But um, <laughs> I did like in the moment, I did enjoy the movie. And yeah. I think like it's very clear that like I was a little too generous in, um, before. But yes. yeah, it, as was I don't know. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's yeah, a bottle. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very sensitive to movies. Like, it, like a, a lot of times I watch things and they make me angry in the moment. This movie never True. made me angry in the moment. I was more just like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so next week we're covering, um, I don't know if you've seen the film, Jen, uh, Ride with the Devil. Do you know this film? Yeah. The Ang Lee oh. movie? Uh, Ang Lee made a Civil War Western with Tobey Maguire, Jewel, and Skeet Ulrich. Uh, oh it's it's something we have uh, Chris File on from uh, uh, this had Oscar buzz who came on to talk about the movie with us. Do you have any Toby Maguire thoughts, Jen? While we have oh, you, I do. I yeah, <laughs> because it, feel free like, to keep them to yourself. This is a very popular podcast. I do. And <laughs> click. Yeah, I may want him to attach to something in the That's future. Right. <laughs> I should, I should it's true. Careful. My really only thought was was seeing the Sorkin movie about the poker, Polly's game, yeah, Polly's game, and reading that that Mister X is him, mm-hmm. and that he very like like was kind of very. There was some story of like him bringing a machine, like a card shuffling sure. machine or whatever, but also like right. charging her or something or not. Uh-huh. I forget what it was, but it was like a very funny story about him so that's like really my only take i don't have i like pleasantville from what i remember I, I, you know i love pleasantville and and, and we, we, we talk wonder about this boys. on the episode we love wonder boys and ice storm like these are great wonder movies ice storm. Yeah. but um yeah. i will say this though we talked about this on the episode a little bit too but like the molly's game thing that you bring up makes triggers the oh right he's in the pussy posse vibe yeah Right, yeah. that it's like you're like, oh, yeah. right. You can never really shed yeah. your pussy posse yeah. credentials. It's just, <laughs> yeah. just what it is. Yeah, no, he's, <laughs> he seems happily married. His wife has a great jewelry business. She's no. very. Oh no, no, Kenny's shaking his head, saying she's not happy. <laughs> his wife has uh, a very successful jewelry designer. They're they're that. not together anymore. Oh, they uh, are. Yeah, she she is a very successful jewelry designer. That's true. <laughs> They but got they're divorced. not together anymore. Yeah. Or is oh. this like you know inside gossip? No, 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 no. This is this is public. <laughs> oh wow! Like, basically, Kenny's giving us an exclusive. Yo, straight up, it's not impossible. <laughs> you never know. But Kenny's let me see. Having an affair with Toby with Jen McGuire with Jen Jen Meyer. Let's see. Uh, uh, yeah, they, they got divorced last year. Okay. Um, oh, wow. A, a the, pandemic issue, but COVID really 
distracted yep. me from the uh, thing. No, totally. Yeah, you took your eye off the ball, which we <laughs> yeah. all kind of did. But uh, Toby, yes, Toby, uh, you know, as I said in the episode, I think the for me, it's a lot like where you stand, Jenna, which is the the Molly's game thing really uh, it, it kind of um, validated what I've always kind of thought about him, which is he doesn't like playing beta males. He doesn't think he is a beta male. He mm. thinks he is an, al- an alpha male. He does. And uh, post Spider-Man, he plays nothing but, a, you know, but, but tough little ass kickers. And every <laughs> one of those films uh, makes me want to, you know, yeah. stick my head in the fire. So um, <laughs> but more than anything, Jen, we want to thank you so, so much for oh, coming on and talking about it was, Message it was in a Bottle with us. Happy to and come yes. back whenever. Happy hey, to thank you so, so much. movies. I have no other reason to oh my watch. Gosh. We yeah. will Amazing. gladly, uh, when, when you are done writing, Hacks season two, uh, and and we would love to have you back uh, again. If you're not watching Hacks, what are you doing? It's yeah, one of the best comedies on seriously. television. It's I watched it twice in a row. Uh, I got my parents truly, to truly watch it yesterday. It's pretty exciting. There you go. It's uh, it's wonderful. It's uh, currently streaming on HBO Max. Um, but again, thank you so so much, Jen, for coming on. We truly Thanks appreciate for having it. Me. Okay, cool. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Thank you Thanks. so much. Uh, Thanks, can, we, can we can we send Jen the eighty nine list? Yeah. That would be Jen, fun. if you would want to come on for an 89 movie, possibly, sure, in the future, sure. we would absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Those are, those are good movies. I was four when those were out. So <laughs> we were nine. I was nine. Yeah. Kenny was yeah, eight. Yeah. Um, thank you so, so much, Yeah, ben, yeah. Thanks and, for having and, me. One last thing. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, speaking of subscribing, check out our Patreon on all the best films of 1989. Batman, When Harry Met Sally, Fabulous Baker Boys, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Ghostbusters 2, Field of Dreams, Major League, and many, many more. We are covering all the best films of 1989 with amazing guests like Joanna Robinson, Liz Hanna, Hunter Covington, Brian Cogman, David Iserson, and many, many more. All your favorite guests from our 1999 podcast are coming on to the 1989 Patreon. You can sign up for it at patreon.com backslash podcast like it's 1989. For only $5, you get access to all of these awesome episodes. And for a few bucks more, you get video of our 1999 episodes as well. Plus, there are other very cool tiers too, where you can even be a guest on our podcast. Please check out our Reddit as well at reddit.com backslash podcast like it's. We're also on Twitter at podcast like it's 1999. We're also on Instagram at podcast like it's 1999. Uh, thank you so much to Ernie and Will for producing our episodes, Sullivan for our social media, Yon Katas for our amazing art and theme songs. And most of all, thank you all for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.